we've had to stop playing some fun warm-up games because they became dangerous. Tic-tac-toe <laughs> is one that we have to limit because we have players who will dive to get into the box and look to you know, tackle each other. When you have players who love competing against each other and do it in a positive way, they push their development that much further. That was Loomis Chafee girls soccer coach Linda Hathorn. She's the guest on today's episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome to another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by Loomis Chafee Girls Soccer Head Coach Linda Hathorn. Hey Linda, thanks so much for taking the time with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a, you're a great guest to be here because your team, Loomis, is off to a great start to the season. We're about halfway through, seven matches in. At the risk of jinxing you guys, you haven't lost a match yet, so playing extremely great soccer. In your estimation, what's been the key to the success so far? It really comes down to we have some very strong players, but but it's how the team has come together and really gels. They love competing with each other and having fun together, which makes our training sessions really high energy, really competitive, but also they're enjoying it. And so they're, they're pushing themselves and each other so much harder. It's great to be a part of. Now, you guys were a Class A playoff team last year, Class A finalist, I think, in 18, your first, your first season with the program. So you've obviously had strong programs at the school, and success is really no – it's not a new thing for you guys. Did you feel like coming into this season that the elements were there for for you guys to have a, a pretty strong season this year? Yeah, I think last year we were very young. We had I think eight freshmen on the team and and sorry, two two sophomores and we were starting about six to eight of those players at times. So we were very young and, and, and did well, but we weren't able to beat the best teams. And that year that was like Westy Porters. Westy Porters, we played BBN in the playoffs. And of course, I think we tied Hotchkiss. We might have lost to Hotchkiss. I can't remember. And choked. And so we weren't able, we were able to do well against the teams that we should do well against, but we weren't really able to get those teams that were in the top five, top 10. And, and so we had a lot of players returning this year. So we had more experience and we're hoping to build on last year's success, which which we're doing. But it was always a hope, right? Like you think that you should, but should doesn't really count for anything. <laughs> and so we thought we should do well this year. And it's really great to see that the players have continued to evolve in the off season or during their club seasons and came in ready to go. Right. Expectations are sometimes different from what actually ends up happening. But one thing that jumps out to me just looking at your game schedule, four clean sheets on the season, and your scoring goals, too. I think you've had multiple games where you've scored at least four goals, including yesterday's match, a win over Berkshire. So you've got to be pretty pleased as a coach with that kind of balance when you can see that at both ends of the field. Yeah. Again, it comes down to the players work incredibly hard for each other. And so, right, team defending concepts, everybody tracks back. We get numbers behind the ball very well. We have great senior leadership in our back line with Sophia Prey, who's a second year captain for us. And then the fact that we're able to put, put the ball in the back of the net and it's different players doing it, right? We, we had one or two attacking threats last year. And this year we have five. 
or six. And so when we have different players sharing the responsibility, it means that we can find a different way to win the game. Not everybody, like we're not relying on one person to be on every game. We can share that. And I think that's been a big part of our, our success this season so far. You mentioned Sophia, but are there some other players this year who have really taken another step forward individually, some players who have really stood out so far and, and given you maybe even more than you thought you were going to get this year? I mean, I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to our captains, Sophia Preys being one of them, Sam Tischler, another one who is like the heart of our team. She is, she pulls everybody together. Kelly Stepnowski is our third captain as a junior and their work rate, their positivity, their way of building people up on and off the field. We have players who have really evolved over the course of their career. I mean, I, I would put Alex Rhodes as one who's our, another center back who is continuing to find her confidence in her play. Olivia Beauvoir as a fullback who just is completely evolving in terms of capacity to to get up and down the flank. Emma Gregorski is one who had a lot of success last year and is finding new ways to contribute on the field this year. I, I, I could go on about every single player on the team, which is the fun part, but I don't think you want to hear every single name be <laughs> shouted out, but I could literally speak to every player and their evolution and what they're contributing this year. So it, it's nice to have a good team, but it's great to have the depth and, and the personalities we do. What would you say is, is kind of the program's identity? What have you really tried to instill since taking over in the last five years or so? I mean, it's always been a part of the team, but the sense of family and and respect amongst the group and value that they play on, they place on each player, freshmen through seniors. We've had PGs in the past who it's really about being a part of that family and understanding that each player has value and a way to impact the game and the team in, a, in, in their own way and that we need that. We need that piece. I think it really comes down to with with our philosophy and everything else, it's that love of competition, right? We, we've had to stop playing some fun warm-up games because they became dangerous. Like <laughs> tic-tac-toe is one that we, we have to limit because we have players who will dive to get into the box and look to like tackle each other to, they love competing and it's all good natured and it's all fun. But when you have players who love competing against each other and do it in a positive way, they push their development that much further. Is that and so? I was gonna say, is that one? Is that one of those things when you see players being that competitive with each other on the practice field and it's maybe getting a little out of hand in the moment? You're like, all right, guys, knock it off. But then you go home and you're like, ah, that was kind of that was good. I like to see that from these these players. I mean, we've definitely moved on from an exercise because it has gotten to the point where we have to be like, okay, this might go a little too far, but not in a bad way. Right, right. I I think it's something to say if you have players who are competing so hard that you're saying we have to hold you back and yet they're smiling and laughing through the whole thing, right? Like that says a lot about the, the, the camaraderie on the team. Right. In terms of the Founders League, always a great league. How how do you, has it been playing out this season, and kind of what? How did you expect it to play out? And are there some teams within the league that you think maybe might be more of a handful for you than maybe you thought two months ago? I mean, I think one team that that has shown a lot of growth in just a year was Taft in their organization. I know it's Sam's second year there. And so, like, to see their results and how they're doing this year is really, it's great to see them stepping up. And it was a good game. I think it was a 2-1 final in that one for us and the organization within the team. And it was it was good to see those players do really well. It was a great game. It was a fun game. Porters is always one that, that we struggle against. <laughs> so <laughs> that would be a big matchup on, I think it's next Wednesday. And I know 
it's it's great to have the camaraderie amongst the coaches as well in the league. So we know each other pretty well. So to see like Porter's doing well, Westy, of course, Kelly's done a great job building that program, and the fact that they have Jillian back as a as a repeat junior, who's a, a cousin of one of our players, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It's, there's so much crossover that the Founders League has a lot of, there's a lot of connections between the teams. And so, like, Berkshire's doing well. Hotch is off to a good start. Field's another one who's we always seem to struggle against. And so we still have some big matches ahead of us. What is it about a team like Porter's that just makes it such a matchup problem? For you. You know what? It, it really comes down to just how connected our players are to their players. Mm-hmm. I've I've coached a good number of the players on the Porters team when I was coaching club. Our players are teammates in their club seasons. And so I think when you add in that personal connection, that desire to to not do badly. I, I don't want to say it's the desire to do well. I think it's the desire not to do badly or to do poorly. It adds pressure that doesn't need to be there. And then when we play tight, we don't play our best, right? We make, we force things we wouldn't normally force. We make mistakes where we'd normally be very relaxed. And so that one, I think, is just a more of a mental game for us where the matchup is there. I think it's always a good game, but they, they've very much been on the better end of that for the past few years. You were a great defensive player in your own right, and I wanted to get into kind of your playing career later on, but is is a defensive brand of soccer what you prefer? Do you have a preferred style for your, for your team? It's funny. I, I view, for us, I've always loved the idea of we defend so we can attack, mm-hmm. right? Like, nobody likes to defend. You do it to get the ball back. And so having this mindset of the better our defense is, the better our attack will be out of it, right? The more organized we are, the more disciplined we are, we'll put ourselves in better situations to attack out of it. So, so maybe a bit of the defensive minded there, but it's always with the intent of, of going forward and, and scoring goals. And so I think that's like the main core of the philosophy when it comes to defending and the, the student, the players have bought in, which is great. New England's soccer journals, The Goal, will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerhead's New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy, and Jim Ruberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration. 
on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division I, II, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to AnySoccerJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. You've had a bunch of coaching stints at the college level. I, I was reading in your bio, Northern Arizona University, Regis University, Valparaiso, Iona College, I believe. I, how does it differ coaching at that level to then going to the prep level and coaching there? Well, I mean, it's a different age group for sure. Where they are in their development is is a little different. I view, personally, I view high school soccer, prep soccer as a very high level but a place where the players can have a little bit more freedom to figure out who they are, where there's less pressure. So less pressure than their club environment, maybe, because that's where primary recruiting is coming out. We get recruited out of prep for sure, but but like the major tournament in the recruiting cycle, because fall and college, or sorry, high school and soccer and, and college soccer are in the same season, that what they do here in like during their fall is what sets them up for their call for, for their club season. So I like to give players a lot of freedom here where they wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have had the players have that much freedom at the college level. It would have been more structured. It would have been more like really roles and responsibilities where here it's let's see what you can do right have the freedom to try that run have the freedom to take that shot have the freedom to close the gap a little bit like cheat a little bit in terms of your your positioning like can you get away with that are you quick enough to play more aggressive and give them that freedom so that when they do go to their club seasons they've they have a little bit more confidence in where their actual skill set lies is that a difficult adjustment for a coach to go from one one level to another level and one age group to another age group? Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. It's it's learning what is the demographic you're you're working with and how can you best serve them as a coach. And I will fully admit, like it took me a couple of years to figure that out. Like we were good our first year. We had a we had a great season, but it was very structured, right? And and I looking back and reflecting on it, I think Yes, we had success because of that season, but I don't know if the development of the players was as strong as it could have been because it was so structured. And so I, that, I think, is a, is a point of growth. Is like This is really competitive. We love winning, but we, it's not the, that's not the primary goal. Right? The goal is to develop and have fun and build the passion for the sport so that when they go on to, to their club seasons, to, their, to college, they've they've learned who they are within the game and have confidence in that so that they can continue to we touched on it earlier but you were a great player yourself growing up in Canada and then playing at Maine America East defensive player of the year there and then spending time with the Canadian women's national team what can you take from your personal journey that you learned along the way that kind of translates to coaching how, how much does that aid in what you're trying to get get across to your players I mean a lot I think 
more so off the field than even on the field. It's everybody is second to somebody else, right? Like you're always, there's always going to be somebody better. It's a tough lesson to learn. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you can be a great player and, and still not be a starter and you can be a great player and not have the type of impact that maybe you want to have. And there's a big difference between, between, I think the shoulds and coulds, right? Like what should happen. We usually get caught on that of what should happen, but there's a lot of coulds. Like that could have happened. It didn't, but that doesn't mean that it should have. And finding ways to stay out of, right? So staying out of stress, like we should beat that team is very different than we could have beat that team. And and how do we stay in that space? But I think the biggest one is just understanding and being able to relate to players when they're they're struggling a little bit because it's not going the way they want it to, right? Like I was a starter on most teams and a captain on most teams up until I made the national team. And there I was very much questioning whether I was going to dress, <laughs> right? And that's a big mental adjustment of going from being the player to earning my spot within a group. How did you settle on Maine? When it was time to choose a college, it was the offer I got. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I I I played up two years in my age group, so I was a 16 year old playing on the 18s, and so I didn't get recruited as many of my peers did. Maine ended up being the best spot for me because I had the freedom to be the player I wanted to be, and had a had a really phenomenal career there and a good relationship with my coach, who I ended up then going back and being an assistant with him later on with with Scott Atherley. Which was a very it was a, it was a great relationship, and I learned a lot there. So that's how I ended up at Maine. It was it was the first and best offer, and I jumped. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, coming from Canada, the cold weather wasn't any issue for you going to Maine. I mean, that was not not a hard transition for you. But w- would you have liked if you went back to it? Were you like were you someone who was like, man, I'd I'd like to go to a warm weather climate for college? Were you think were you ever at all thinking that, or was I mean, you mentioned it was the only offer you, the offer you got, but were you in the back of your mind? You're like, yeah, it'd be nice to play in like the south somewhere or something like that you know what you don't know what you don't know and so (laughs) we didn't really play anywhere south so it was never a thought i will say though now in like reflecting back and to some of like the cold games where we literally had to paint the lines blue over the snow yeah some warm weather would have been great how about your experience with the national team what was that like and you kind of touched on how humbling that can be when you're surrounded by you're a great player surrounded by 20 other great players or whatnot. So what was that experience like for you? Is, is that kind of like your fondest memories of your playing? I don't know if they're the fondest memories of my playing career, just because I, I for me, it's always been about the people and my teammates. Yeah. And I, I played semi-pro at, in Ottawa all, every summer. And that was a great experience where I had really competitive players. We did really well. And I think that's when I look at fondest memories of playing, that was probably there. What I take from the national team is, the learning what it is to be a pro, right? Like I roomed with Charmaine Hooper, who was at that point the best player in Canada, right? Christine Sinclair was, is a year younger than me. So she was on the team and doing great, but, but like the kind of staple of that team were Andrea Neal, Silvana Bertini, Charmaine Hooper, and I roomed with Charmaine. And to see how she prepped for a game and how seriously she studied for a game and everything was, was great to see. And then the amount of, work that people did behind the scenes, right? Not just showing up to the game and playing, but how much they studied and reviewed what they did and didn't take it personally when there was people were being critical of the decisions and how they learned from it and grew from it. I think that was like the big takeaway from my time playing and going through the World Cup. 
Right, right. So we have about half a season still to go for for the NEPSAC season as we're as we're recording this right now. What do you? What are the main goals for for your team? And is it the success you're having right now? Is part of that kind of keeping all the players grounded and not getting too high on an undefeated start to the season? How? What, what's kind of their mentality right now with how you're playing? We really don't talk about results. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we focus on, and our goal has been to to learn and grow from every game, right? We enjoy the win, but then it's, okay, what are we going to learn from this? How are we going to be better in the next game? How are we going to put it together? I don't know how we ended on this analogy, but this is kind of what we've been using. It's like the team's a red onion because we're maroon. It's close. And we've just been peeling away layers of it. And so it's, where are we going to be at the end of that? Like at the core, what will we be at the end of the season? And so we still have a lot of growth that can happen with our team, which is really exciting. I think we've, We've started to see our potential and are excited by it, but we definitely have a lot to refine. And so from game to game, the goal is to 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 expand on something we did. Not everything, because we can't be like perfection doesn't exist. So it's to expand on something that we wanted to be better with from the previous game. Who gets credit for that Ren Onion analogy? Who came up with that one? I, I think I was call, ta- speaking with one of our captains, Kelly Stepnowski. I don't know how we ended up there, but I want to say it was somehow with Kelly that we ended up on the red onion. I might have said onion, and she goes, well, it has to be red. <laughs> Sometimes you get you got to dig deep into the coaching analogies. That's uh, keep keeps things fresh every year. I mean, they don't always make sense. <laughs> <laughs> as long as everyone's buying in, it doesn't matter. Uh, are there any are there any matches coming forward late October, early November that that you guys are circling on the calendar? I mean, I think Deerfield will actually be one because it's it's we all go to Deerfield on that day. Football is going to be there. It's a really big emotional game. I don't know if it falls on their family weekend this year, but it usually falls on family weekend. So that always ends up being a really tough environment to play in. Then it's it's followed by we have like Porters and Suffield and Hotchkiss. Like we have like each game for us, I think is is another big one to prepare for. But we don't have a light season or a schedule, but I think really coming up, it's, it's, it's those, those three next game, Deerfield into Porters into Suffield. Right. right. Cause Suffield is our, is our family weekend. So it's always an emotional game and being able to stay in a level mind is, is challenging. Right. And Suffield was Suffield a finalist last year, right? In class or did they win class B? Did they, they won it, they won class, it. That's they right. class B last year. We lost to them last year. It's, and we were at their place, which is always a very, it's a tough place to play. So happy to have them in our, in our environment this year, but that's always a good game. And they're having a good season again this year. Right. What's the best road road game? What's the best environment you play on the road? What, what field do you guys really like to go to? Oh, I mean, there's a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the like Westie is a great one. Choate has that brand new facility, so that was great. I mean, it was there. There weren't many people at that game this year, but but it's a great field. Yeah, it'll be what to be to be perfectly honest. It's been four years since we've traveled many places, right? I'm trying to remember the NMH field because we haven't been there due to COVID in such a long time, right? We haven't been down to Greenwich in in quite a while, and we have them coming up again, and so. 
but I'm just thinking back to the recent ones that are local that I get to see a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it's funny. Cause I asked that question to a lot of coaches and, the, and it's, that's kind of the same answer. There's just so many good venues to go play and so many great, great yeah. fields. I know even up, up in New Hampshire, I don't know if you Brewster Academy supposedly has a great, a great field too, up on a, on the lake up there. Apparently that's really good. Venue sure. too, so. It's beautiful up there. I haven't yeah. been there. Yeah. But Hey, I want to thank you again for the time. This was great today and uh, best of luck going forward. I know there's still a lot of season to be played and we were talking about jinxes. So so hopefully this doesn't uh, this doesn't set the team off in the wrong motion here. But I definitely appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm definitely knocking all of the wood that I see. So <laughs> just want to keep it going. Probably a smart idea. Thanks again to Linda Hathorn for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.